0: Luke chapter 1. We're going to go to the Luke chapter 1. And if you've been with us the last few weeks, our pastor has been taking us through a series about letting, letting things go. What things do we need to let go? Last week, Judah talked about Joseph in the Joseph and Mary account and talked about some things that Joseph had to let go. Tonight, we're going to dive right into the same story, but, but look from Mary's perspective, okay? Mary's perspective, and um, we're going to start here in Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and it says this, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, the power of the Highest will overshadow you, therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. Look at this. For with God, nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I want to speak to you tonight from the subject, Can't Hang On Anymore. Can't Hang On anymore. All right, let's pray one more time and just ask God to talk to us tonight. Lord, thank you so much for this amazing Wednesday night and for all the people that took time out of their busy schedules to be here at the Savant Theater. And God, I just thank you that you're speaking to all of us, that you love all of us. God, help me in the next few moments to, to just talk about what you've put in my heart and that we would understand and realize more how amazing you truly are. God, that no person would go out of this place feeling depressed, feeling alone, feeling like they're not part of a family. I pray tonight, God, that all those who are feeling sick tonight would go out healed. Those who are feeling depressed would go out full of joy and full of strength. God, those who feel anxious would go out with peace tonight because, God, you are the prince of peace. So, Lord, I'm asking you to come and do miracles in these next few moments. God, we don't just need a nice talk and some nice songs. We need to encounter the living God tonight in this place. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. All of us have a happy place. In fact, as soon as I just said happy place, how many of you just kind of went there in your mind for a moment? You, you, You know your happy place? Maybe your happy place is a destination place. Maybe Maui is your happy place. Hello. Maybe Cabo. Maybe uh, Chipotle is your happy place. You know, Disneyland might be your happy place. Your favorite, how many, your fa- literally your favorite coffee shop. It can just brighten up your day. You, you just walk into your favorite and the smell and the aroma of coffee beans. Anybody else that has an effect on the We could be friends. So, ultimately my happy place, and it's, it's the happy place of my wife as well. My wife, Amy, and I, we've been married almost 19 years. She's on the front row, 19 years. Can you believe that? We've almost been married longer than you've been single because we got married when you were 20. That's, that's, that's a crazy thought. But uh, we were just little kids, you know, back then. saying, like, let's get married. But one of our favorite happy places is the water. We love the water, we love the beach. Um, I love being on the beach, I love being on a boat. Am I talking to anybody here tonight? Like water does something to your soul. There's something, I can just sit and stare at water. I can stare at the ocean and it just, it does something to your soul. And I love just being by the beach. I love being in a boat. I grew up with a ski boat in the family and so we were always out boating. And um, and so I, I love going boating with friends. And and so this summer, um, we were out on a boat and um, it, it, it's myself and my wife and my kids and Judah and Chelsea and their kids. And uh, we're just kicking it. We're having a fun time. And uh, we had one of those wave runners, you know, the, the, the jet ski things where you put, like, three kids on there and just go crazy. Well, in the middle of the afternoon, the wave runner, one of them that we had, ran out of gas, okay? And so we contacted the guy, the owner of the company that rented us, you know, the, the stuff, and he said, oh, just tow it back to shore. Well, shore was a long ways away. And so I'm like, how are we going to do this? So I'm like, you know what, I'm familiar with boats. I, I, I can figure this out. So I tie up the jet ski the wave runner to the back of the boat and uh and we start cruising along well the problem was is that that the the rope was so long that the jet ski kept flipping over it kept flipping over and so i had to like pull it up close and i said hey i got an idea i said judah you you take the throttle you take the wheel (laughs) and And I said, "No, you got it. It's really easy." And he he, he'd driven the boat a little bit. He knew what he's doing. It's kind of and so you know he he he, uh, he he takes the wheel. He's got the throttle. And I said, "You know what? I'm gonna hang on to this thing by the rope. I'm gonna pull it in close, and I'm just gonna hang on to the rope." Okay, everybody say, "Dumb idea." For some reason in that moment, I thought it was a great idea that that I could just hang on to this 500-pound machine and drag it behind the drag of the boat. I I was convinced that I could do this, you know? I grew up with boats, I'm like, I could do this. And so I'm just going to control the wave runner behind the boat. Well, I'm hanging on to this thing and it's only in moments I'm like, okay, let's throttle up a little bit more. All of a sudden, the throttle goes up, we start going really fast, and I realize I cannot hang on to this rope anymore. It starts burning up my hands. So you, you know, at the end of that just burning up my hands. I eventually, I'm hanging on as long as I can. Eventually, I let go. And I'm like, oh gosh, thank God for that. Well, in the moment I let go, two seconds later, I look down and there's a whole a bunch of rope there and it's just going zzz, 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 and it's all going out. And guess, guess whose leg is on top of part of the rope? My leg, Jesse. And so that rope wraps around my leg and it flings me up into the air and back towards the motor. I, 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 I kid you not, I'm not making this up. I, in that moment, screamed louder than I've ever screamed before partially out of pain, partially out of like fear of dying and being chopped up by the propeller. And, um, and I'm, next thing I know, I'm on top of the motor at the back of the boat. Judah kills the motor. I, I've got, I mean, this thing is gouged up the back of my leg. I've got a scar there. I mean, it, it did a number on my leg, but nothing was broken, praise the Lord. And, and my leg was still there, praise the Lord. But I remember in that moment, Freaking out, watching my life pass in front of my eyes. Come on, the kids remember it. I look up, and my children are weeping. They're just, they're weeping uncontrollably because they've never heard their father scream like that before. And They thought, our dad's dead. He's dead. He's, he's chopped up by the propeller. He's dead. I mean, my wife is also freaking out. She's already planning her next marriage. She's going to marry for money. She's like, who's he going to be? I mean... But I'm not, I'm making jokes, but it was, it was seriously an intense, it was an intense moment. But I remember after that, I was like, what, what an idiot was I? Why was I trying to hang on to this massive thing behind the boat that I thought that I could control by myself? And then I thought, you know what? How many of us have things in our life that we try to hang on to? And the only purpose of those things is to want to take us backwards and not forwards. How many things right now are we trying to hang on to? Is our soul hanging on to? Are we hanging on to mentally? Because we like the idea, we all naturally have this innate sense of I want to be in control. I need to control my situation. I'm just going to hang on to the situation. And yet it looks like this massive wave runner behind you that all it wants to do is pull you into the depths of the sea. All it wants to do is destroy you. I think tonight all of us can take a moment and ask ourselves, are there still things that I'm hanging on to right now in life? Are there things I'm hanging on to that are just dead weight that I need God's help to let go of because the purpose of that thing is to take me backwards and not forwards? And the last thing I want is for any of us to end up on the proverbial motor of this boat of life that's moving forward. But we all have those moments, I, I, I got this, I want to hang on to this, I think I can do this. What is it that you're hanging on to tonight? Can't, can't hang on anymore. We can't, can't hold on to these things anymore. And I love the story of Mary, because can you imagine, I can't imagine, being a teenage girl, she's a virgin, and this angel shows up all of a sudden on the scene and says, you're going to be with child. And I love the initial reaction of Mary in verse 34. She says, how can this be? That would be natural for any of us to say that. How can this be? God says, I'm going to do this thing in your life. I'm going to, um, this, is, this is the vision, this is the plan I have for your life. And you might be saying, how can this be? Because I, I've never known a man before. What, 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 what's the excuse that we put there with God? You fill in the blank there. What is the how can this be for your life? Because we all have a how can this be when God says, I want to do this in your life. And you're like, no, how, how can this be? Because And all of a sudden we list excuses of why we're not good enough, why we don't deserve that, why that can't be us. That, there's no way that can be the plan. And I think this, I think the first takeaway tonight that Mary shows us is we need to let go of understanding how it's going to work. Of understanding how it's going to work out. We need to let go... Of of trying to figure out well okay God you said you're gonna do this now show me the first step and then show me the second step and show me the third step because you know what's crazy in this life of faith with God is that sometimes he doesn't show you any steps he just shows you you know what I'm gonna do this in your life and it doesn't make any sense to you but God help us tonight to let go of having to understand how it's gonna work out how can this be How many times have we said that in different ways? God, no, how can this be? There's no way this is going to happen. How can this be? But I love, in verse 37, God replies back to her and says, the angel says, for with God nothing will be impossible. Boom, that kind of sums it up right there. And then look in verse 38. Mary's confession changes from how can this be to behold the main servant of the Lord, let it be according to your word. What I'm believing tonight from my life and your life you might have come in tonight with a how can this be? You might have come in tonight and you don't understand the season of life you're in right now. You don't understand how the, how God is leading you to what you think the plan and the promise and what he has for you. Guess what, he may have dropped his plan into your life but you may not understand how to get there. But let's change our confession from how can this be to okay, Lord, just let it be. God, I need to let go of this thing. Me trying to hang on to this plan and hang on to the details of understanding is like me trying to hang on to a rope with something way more powerful than me. I can't hang on to this anymore because it's pulling me backwards. God, help me to let go. Help me to let go of those and say, God, I'm going to trust you. How can this be? I'm going to let it be according to your word. I'm going to let it be. Mary had an obvious case here, and I love that she doesn't ask any more questions. She's just like, okay, let it be. Like, did you just hear the angel? The angel just said, you're about to be pregnant with God. Like, I would have about 40 questions. Like, wait a second. I would have all kinds of, like, spiritual questions, but kind of anatomical. I would have so many different questions about what, how, what, what. And I love that God, the angel says, with God, nothing's impossible. Okay, let it be. Let it be. And how many times have you had a moment? You might be thinking right now, tonight, God, how am I going to pay my rent at the end of, my, at end of the month? How many how questions do we have for God that we don't feel like we get answers from him? Why? Because he wants us to let go of having to control and understand the situation and just say, Lord, I'm going to trust the God of the impossible. With man, these things are, in- hello, let it be. With God, all things are possible. Lord, let it be. A couple weeks ago, and I don't want to over spiritualize the story, but my wife and I had been praying, and rent was going up. I'm sure nobody understands what that's like, you know, when just rent, just your landlord decides to just check the price way up. What a blessing, huh? Like, it's because money grows on trees here. So it's, I don't have four children mouths to feed. This is going to be great. Um, but we really prayed about it, and we were already a, a little bit, a little bit stretched, and and so we're like, you know, we want to stay in the na- same neighborhood, and. And we found um, another place that was going to work great, and we didn't just want to find a, a cheaper place or just a place where we could save money, but we literally started praying, and my wife was the first one to say it, and I felt the same way. I, I said, "I really think God is in this, like I want to be more generous with my life I don't just want to I don't just want to barely get by and all my money goes to a rent payment like." I, we're here for people. We, we love people. You know what I mean? You just, you hate being that guy out to dinner and you're just like hoping somebody says, I'll take the bill. You know, you're just like, yes, good. You know, I can feed my kids another day, you, you know, and, and, and not like we were like, like we were really struggling. I don't want to paint the picture different than it was. We're, we're, we're blessed, but I, we just had this moment like, God, we want to, we want to be able to give more. We want to give more. We want to give, give more to people and, and we just, and so, and so here we go. And so we found this place and we both were like, yes. This is it. This is an answer to prayer. God's in this. It's going to fit our whole family. It's going to be amazing. And so we had these other renters that were set up to take our old place. And so we're like, cool, they're in, and we're in the new place. We signed on the dotted line. Well, the day after we signed, these other renters, I don't know how they did it, why they did it, they backed out. And all of a sudden, we realized we were a couple weeks away from having double mortgage situation. Does that sound fun? And so we realized, like, wait a second, we're going to be paying for two different situations. And I remember having so much anxiety over this and feeling like every day my prayer, and I had my kids praying. Like, it was prayer time for bed, and I'm, like, tucking Z-Max and Ethan in. I'm like, kids, what what do you want to pray for? I'm like, forget your prayers. We need to pray for this rent situation. And my son's like, what's rent? I'm like, it doesn't matter. Start praying. And so... I mean, we're just, we're praying frantically every day, God, bring some renters, we need renters, we need renters, and, and the days are coming down to the wire, you know? Some of you have felt this, maybe in other situations, just financially, you're like, okay, God, you know there's three days now left. Okay, God, you know I've got 48, God, see 48 hours? Like, God doesn't know, you know, you're just like educating them about time and how that works. But I was so anxious, and I remember one morning, I finally, I finally started, I read a scripture in the Psalms, and that says just wait on the Lord and he'll strengthen your heart and give your heart courage. And I remember having this moment of realizing we don't have to beg God. We don't have to earnestly beg God for something and he's just like withholding something from us because he's a good father. He's a really good father who loves his kids. Can you imagine if my child came into the kitchen and was like, Dad, can, can you please get me something to eat? And I'm like, I don't know, ask me again. That'd be so weird. Can you give me something? To eat? How bad do you want to Get on your knees, son, and beg. You know, like, that would not be a good father. And you know the reality is that when you pray, and I know the Bible says ask and keep asking, we pray for things, and some of us have been praying for a lot of things, but let's, let's not forget who our Heavenly Father is. He's not this stingy father that wants to hold things back and make us suffer. No, he's a good father that wants to give good gifts to his kids. And so my prayer changed that day. Instead of praying and praying, oh, God, oh, God, please give us renters, give us renters, give us renters, give us renters. We're going to run out of money, give us renters. I prayed, Lord, help my heart. You know what we need, God, and you've already got it taken care of. So help my heart to trust you now. Help my heart to have strength and to have courage. And I changed my prayer that day. It's like God reset my thinking to remember who he is, that he's the God of the impossible. He knows our needs before we ask for them. He wants to take care of us. But sometimes, I'm telling you, there's something in, inside of all of us that wants to have control and we get anxious. Can we, can we be a community that knows how to let go, how to let go of things even when we don't understand how it's gonna work? Number two, I think Mary helps us out when we realize that we have to let go of self-promotion and let God tell the story. Let go of self-promotion and let God tell the story. I love this. Look at Luke chapter 2, in verse, starting in verse 8. This is when the announcement about Jesus came. It says, Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all the people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You'll find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God on the highest and on earth peace and goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go into Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known, look at this, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But look at verse 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. This verse right here really stuck out to me because the shepherds hear the news from the angels about the Christ, the Messiah coming. This was a big announcement, this was a big deal. And it says they made it known to everybody. They're spreading the word, they are, I mean, they got their Instagram story going on, they're tweeting about it, they are snapping it, they're just getting the word out as much as they can. This is the biggest news ever, and we just met these angels, and oh my gosh, they told us. And they had this moment of just letting people know. But it says Mary pondered these things in her heart. And you know what's crazy? Is from the moment that Mary met with the angel, And the angel said, you're going to be with child, and you're going to give birth to God. Never once do we see Mary running around town telling her, I mean, she could have capitalized on this. If she didn't have many followers, she could have gained a large following. She starts her website, you know, I'mgivingbirthtogod.com, starts a blog. She's got the hashtag Jesus in my belly, you know, (laughs) bow to the belly, you know, she's. I mean, she could have... She could have started blogging about this thing, talking about this thing, right? I mean, daily pictures, you know, God kicked me today. <laughs> He's going to be a <laughs> soccer player. You're like, <laughs> she could have started talking about this. She doesn't do any of that. In fact, we didn't read it, but in the, t- the text tells us she actually goes to her friend, her relative Elizabeth. She actually hides out of her house for like three months. She goes to stay with somebody else in a place and she just ponders and keeps these things in, our, in her heart. And I wonder for all of us, I thought about this. I thought, you know what? There's a, heart, there's a time for us to ponder things in our heart, and there's a time for us to pr- promote things in our heart. But knowing those moments of just, you know what? I think I need to keep this to myself because I don't want this to be about me. Mary didn't use her networking skills to try to get herself out there and, and, and let people know who she was, and she's going to be the mother of God. And this is a big deal. No, she just kept these things to herself and I think, man, we, we Lord help us let go. self-promotion and let God tell the story. I love that the announcement came, and the announcement didn't come by Mary phoning her friends. She's like, okay, it's happening. I'm having contractions. I'm about to give birth to Jesus. No, she left it up to God. God put the star in place. God put the angels in place and had the announcement come. She let God tell the story. And listen, here tonight, you might not be physically with child, but you need to know that God is birthing something on the inside of you. It's a dream. It's a vision. Let God tell the story let god tell the story you might feel dreams and visions and things in your heart and you know what you're not supposed to tell the whole world about that sometimes you might have a great dream or a vision for your business it's not always a good idea to tweet oh my gosh i'm gonna make 10 million my first year watch me now you know ballin you know it's not always a good idea for you to just start boasting about the things tomorrow that you don't even know about. How about you just keep the vision inside, keep what God's birthing inside, and let God write the story. Let God tell the story. Let God promote you when it's time to promote you. And there's something there's something to that because I think in all of us, right, we have moments of insecurity. It's like, well, I gotta let people know who, who I am, and, and man, I gotta up my selfie game, and I gotta, I gotta just, I gotta get myself out there more and I gotta, I gotta promote what I'm doing, promote what I'm about. And again, there, there's a time where you've got a great idea or a great thing and, and it's time to tell people and promote those things. But Lord, help us tonight to discern those moments when it's time to promote things in our heart and when it's time to ponder those things in our heart and just let God, let God tell the story. Wow, for nine months, she's carrying God and not posting, not boasting, Just letting God do it, just letting God do a miracle. Number three, I end with this. Mary had to let go of the process. Mary had to let go of the process. God help us let go of the process. What do I mean by that? I mean that the process, this thing was so backwards. Here's this virgin girl. The typical process, right, would be, oh, my gosh, her and, her and Joe fall in love. She's got a boyfriend now. And then after they've been dating for a while, they're out at some sunset dinner in Nazareth, <laughs> sharing their love for each other over pita and hummus. And Joe takes that moment, gets on his knee, and proposes, and she freaks out. Oh, my gosh, we're going to get married. And then it's all the preparation for the wedding, and it's fun with friends and getting people involved. And then and then the wedding day comes, and then it's like, what do you think, Joe? And like, let's wait a few years before we're having kids. Come on, we're not crazy. Like, let's, let's just wait a little while. So the pro- this is the process, right? So you just enjoy married life for a few years and do trips to Cabo, and Napa is really good this time of year. And, you know, you just you want couples nights with your friends and you know you don't want to have to be lugging along babies you know you just have your couples time and we got a couple years and then after that when you're really emotionally ready and financially stable then you decide to have a dog of course and so <laughs> you always got to do you got to have the dog that's the next of the process not a baby are you crazy right so you get a dog but the dog is your baby right and so then after a while several years now now it's like oh my gosh should we talk about having a baby okay it's a big step, the biggest step ever in a marriage. Okay, let's do, I want kids, you want kids? Let's do this. That's the process. God messed up the process, didn't he? God messed up the process. I mean, it's supposed to be like this, it's supposed to be like this, it's supposed to be like this. Don't nobody touch my, pro- I'm in a process right now, don't touch my process. Even the story of us coming to LA, oh, we're gonna launch, launch a church in LA. Let me tell you, the process, the right process of launching a church is, well, you get your strategy team together, you get your pastors and Intercessors and prayer team. I mean, we're going to pray this thing through, and and then you get the the finance. Hey, we're going to start giving to this. Okay, let's get the money that we need for this, and let's get the team. We're going to send a team to L. A. from Seattle. Okay, we got to get the right people in place, and okay, now we need a, a promotion and marketing campaign. Okay, we're going to we're going to we're going to do signs. Church home is coming to L. A. We're going to put Judah's face up on Sunset. You know, he's just going to be on a billboard, and and here comes Judah. You know, and. Uh, <laughs> And, and we're, and we're going to promote this thing and then we're going to get the right venue and it's going to have the right vibe and we're going to have a website way before we ever start this thing and we're going to have followers and we're going to have the social media and we're going to start this. This is the process of, of strategizing to start a church. Oh, 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 oh. And then Jason Kennedy decides, I'm just going to have a Bible study at my house, Judah. Just one Bible study. And he has a Bible study. A few people show up. It's really good. And then he decides, well, let's just have one more Bible study. What was happening in those months of just having some little Bible studies? To us, it was just like, cool, we're having a Bible study. But what was God doing? He was flipping the process. We didn't do anything right. I remember having moments in our first year in, in, in LA, of one of the first couple times we met in the montage in this little ballroom, we had no sound system. I think somebody brought a little boombox. I say boombox because I think that's what it was like and somebody brought some chick-fil-A yeah. Judah's sitting on a stool and he's talking, and I mean, the lighting was bad, the vibe was bad. there was nothing cool about this. I remember those first few times Judah and I talking, and some of the other pastors were like, we, we've given this thing every reason to fail we've given it, we've given it every reason to not grow the, the, like people don't know where we're meeting and we don't have a, it on the website. There's no socials on this. There's no, we're, we're in this lightly, brightly lit ballroom and, and we don't even have a sound system yet. I remember he told me, bring, bring your guitar. I'm like, oh cool, we're gonna do worship. I'm like, where's the screen? He's like, we don't have a screen. <laughs> I'm like, who's gonna sing? He's like, well, you're gonna sing and I hope that other people sing with you. And I'm like, okay, we, this is just the worst church launch in history, like. You don't know that you got to have, like, synths and lights and hazers. And, I mean, how are people going to feel Jesus if it's just a guitar? <laughs> but God, this is what He does, doesn't He? He, yeah. he flips the process on us. Yeah. We think we know, like, cool, it's got to be this and this and this, and He's like, I'm just I'm going to mess with this. You understand Mary being pregnant? She would have been a social outcast in her day. You understand, being, being pregnant... Especially with somebody else's baby, that's not the guy you're going to marry. That, I mean, there was so much shame involved with that. God wasn't intimidated by that shame. There was so much sense of an outcast. God wasn't intimidated by the social norms and what was socially acceptable. He, God had a pro, there was a process, and God flipped that thing. Yeah. And it didn't make sense to Mary, and didn't make sense to Joseph. But I think, man, we don't we don't hear once of Mary complaining. We don't hear once of Mary being upset with God, like, God, I've got to be pregnant, and people are asking questions, and what's going on. She just said, Lord, let it be. According, She trusted the Lord, and she let go of the process. And what's crazy to me is in the same way that, this, that God flipped the script when it came to the process of Jesus coming to this earth, our Savior coming to this earth, do you know it's the same way, it's the same thing, that religion gives us a process? That even some of us come in tonight, they're like, okay, I get this church thing, and the process is this. You gotta come for a while, and you gotta be on your best behavior. And oh, yeah, there's a certain lingo they do, brother, sister, praise the Lord, hallelujah. God is good all the time, all the time, God is good. I get it, okay. And you gotta you gotta get the lingo, and you gotta learn some of the songs, and you gotta be a good person. And and if you do this for a while, then eventually, eventually you'll be accepted by God, you'll be loved now by God, and, and maybe he'll even forgive you of all the mess of stuff that you've done in your life. In the same way that Jesus coming to this earth with a backwards process, with a gal named Mary, it's the same way, it's like God's trying to tell us that he flipped the process of what the world tries to say is religion and says, no, this isn't about come for a while and be on your best behavior and do everything right and then maybe you'll be accepted by God, then you'll be loved by God, then you'll be forgiven. No, instead God said, I'm flipping this whole thing. Instead, God comes to us. God comes to us first. He doesn't wait for you to come to him. He comes to you right in your messy state right in your weakest moment, and in that moment, he doesn't say, okay, you've got six months to clean up your life and get good, and then we're good. No, right in that moment, in that messy moment, God says, I'm forgiving you now. I'm loving you now. I'm accepting you right now. But God, this doesn't make any sense. I I haven't even been to church. I haven't even done anything right yet. He's like, I know, I know. I flipped the process of what religion tells you to do, and the process of who you got to be, and said, no, I'm going to love you now. I'm going to forgive you now. I'm going to accept you right now in the midst of your mess. Everything else is going to work itself out after that. God flipped the process. This is the king of kings being born. How confused is little Mary thinking, this is, this is a king. He should have a kingly birth and there's no place in the inn and they end up in some barn down the road and Jesus is being born in the dirtiest, messiest place in a trough for animals to feed. And yet it's indicative of who our Savior is that Jesus was born in dirt. Why? Because his purpose was to come to the dirt and the mess of humanity. His, his purpose was to be here in the midst of your dirt, in the midst of your mess, to say, no, I'm here to forgive you now and to love you now and to accept you now and to be with you right now. You don't have to try to prove yourself. You don't have to try to be a better version of yourself. You be you and let me hang with you and this thing's going to work itself out. Let's do this life together. Let's journey this life together. Oh God, help me. Help me let go of the process. Help me let go of not understanding how it's all going to work out. God, help me let go of self-promotion. And trust you to tell the story. And tonight I want to pray because we've been talking for several weeks now about about letting go. And you know the picture that I got as I was praying today for you was that some of us are hanging so tightly to one thing that we're not realizing God's standing there. He wants us to give us something new, he wants to give us himself to hang on to. He wants to give us his love and his hope to hang on to. But it's so hard for you to really feel hope right now in your life because you're hanging on to this over here. And God doesn't, he doesn't force his hand, he waits patiently. We're not robots, he doesn't make us do things, we have a free will. But guess what, he's waiting patiently. I just have this picture of God, Jesus is right, he's right here. You're just like, I'm, I'm right here. You, you want to keep hanging on to worrying about things that you can't control, things that bring anxiety, or, do, or you just want to let go of that worry and trust me for the outcome and hang on to hope and hang on to his grace. Sometimes we gotta, we got to drop one thing so we can hang on to something else. And tonight, maybe your life right now Maybe you're in a confused place and maybe you feel like you're on the back of that boat like I was this summer. Which is just a ridiculous picture when you think about it, trying to just, yeah, I can do this in my, in my own strength. Let me just, I got this. Let me, let me hang on to this massive machine behind the boat. But this thing just keeps pulling you backwards, pulling you to a place of pain, pulling you to a place of destruction can't hang on anymore, can't hang on anymore. I just believe tonight in these next few moments as we pray and then as we sing, is gonna be a moment where you let some things go, where you let some things go that you realize have just been pulling you the wrong direction, some things that have been weighing on your mind, some things that have been weighing on your heart, your emotions, some things that are out of your control altogether, but it's human nature to just try to wanna hang on to those things. I, I, I got to control these things. Or I could say, Jesus, you're, you're in control. I don't know the outcome. I don't know the process. How can it be, Lord? Okay, let it be. Let it be however you want it. With every head bowed and every eye closed tonight, just for a moment of privacy, I want to pray just for two groups of people. And the first is this. If you're here and and maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're here tonight and you are wrestling right now in this moment, feeling like you're doing life alone, feeling like you're, you're in control of your own life but it's kind of spinning out of control at times. You need to know God loves you so much and he's, he flipped that process 2,000 years ago by saying, I'm coming to you. You don't have to come and approach me. I'll come right to where you're at in your mess. I'll come right to where you're at in your troubles. I'll come right to where you're at in your weakness, your mistakes, your failures. I'm here right now to love you, to forgive you, to accept you right in this moment. All we have to do is believe. To believe that Jesus, his purpose was for you and for me. He went to a cross for you and from me, that all of our sin, we could never pay the price for that. We could never make it better. We can never weigh out the bad by, by, by doing a lot of good. But no, he gives us a free gift, a free gift that doesn't make any sense. He says, I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna give you my grace right here, right now. If that's you tonight and you wanna say yes to this Jesus, yes to following Jesus, yes to believing and trusting in him and this process that he has, this, this life that he has for you, for you that starts with right now, his love, his acceptance, and his forgiveness, just simply by saying yes to him and putting your trust in him. If that's you on the count of three, will you just shoot your hand up and then you can put it right back down? One, two, three. Go ahead, thank you. Wow, thank you, all over the room, thank you. The balcony as well, thank you. Jesus, I thank you so much for everybody who's responding tonight. Lord, all of us that are saying, Lord, we can't can't do this life without you. We need you. And we're putting our trust and our faith in you. God, thank you tonight that in this moment you forgive us of all of our sin, past, present, and future. That anyone who's in Christ is a brand new creation. Old things have passed away. And behold, all things have become new. God, that in this moment right now you make us brand new from the inside out. And God, we trust you. Lord, tonight we're letting go of things and we're hanging on to you. Jesus, we're hanging on to your love and we're hanging on to your grace. We're hanging on to hope tonight. God, thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for making us brand new tonight and saving us by your grace. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Amen. Before we start to sing, maybe, maybe you're here tonight and you love Jesus and you've said yes to Jesus, but maybe there's some things tonight God was talking to you in the midst of these moments of there's this thing you got to let go of there's this thing you got to let go of that that tonight would be that night where you say okay god i'm i'm letting go of some things it's a new chapter it's a new season god you're doing something in my life god help me in these moments to let go of the the weights and the things that are trying to pull me backwards so i can hang on and press into the future of what you have is that you tonight raise your hand if that's you tonight you say i'm letting go of some things tonight I'm letting go of some things tonight. God, I just pray right now in this moment that this night would mark a special, supernatural moment right here and right now where, God, we are letting go of things. We are laying things down. We are are saying, God, I'm not going that way anymore. I'm not letting these things pull me back. Pull my mind back and my soul back and my heart back. God, I'm letting go so that I can reach forward to who you are and what you have for me, to your love and your grace and your hope. God, we're reaching forward, God, to to you, Jesus. God, tonight we let go. We let go. We let go. We let go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.